Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Piggyback on something Pastor Greg taught on um, a few weeks ago, maybe a couple months ago. Um, I don't remember exactly when, but he talked about honor. Um, And so I want to talk about tonight a culture of honor. And, um, you know, uh, I may say some of the same things he said, but how you know, some things bear repeating. Amen. Um, maybe I'll say some things a little different that will help you uh, hear them a little different. And, um, and uh, if you want a more in-depth uh, teaching on some points that I highlight, go back and listen to Pastor Greg's because he's a teacher and I'm an exhorter. And so I kind of encourage you to get in gear and do the things that, that you're hearing. Amen. So, uh, but if you want a good teaching on honor, um, go back and listen to that. It will be a good foundation for tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. But I want to talk a little bit about a culture of honor. Um, you know, I'm, I'm constantly being um, encouraged by the Spirit of God to look at things from a different angle, to look at things from a different place than I, than I traditionally have. Because, you know, how many know that, that if you're not careful, that the things of this world will try to creep in and try to uh, pollute the way that you see things, the way that you perceive things, the way that you uh, believe Right, and 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 that's that's uh, because the the culture of this world is not going in a good direction. Anyone can I get an amen, or that's good? Yeah, all right, either one works. Amen. <laughs> but the 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 culture of this world is not going in a good place, and 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 we've been trained up in our flesh in the culture of this world. And so many things that, that we participate with, I won't look at anybody, but many things uh, uh, that we participate with actually have nothing to do with, with being, being part of the family of God or being part of the kingdom of God. Many ways that we see things have nothing to do with, with, with being part of the family of God or part of the, the, the kingdom of God. And many, many ways we react sometimes don't, don't uh, have anything to do with what, what God has done in us, but it's actually our flesh that's been trained by this world, that's been trained by the system of this world. But how many of you know if you're not intentional, if you don't, if you don't look to find, uh, find those things and, and weed them out, you know, if we're not good uh, tenders, uh, t- uh, caretakers of our garden, if we don't tend to our garden, then, then weeds can come up. And, and, and at first, the weeds don't really affect the fruit. You know, just at first, they're, they're, they're there, but they don't really choke out the fruit right at first. They don't check, ch- uh, choke out the produce right at first. But if you're not careful, careful if those weeds go untended to, then they will choke out the life of the fruit-producing parts uh, uh, of your garden. And in the same way in your life, if you're not careful, if you're not paying attention, if you're not giving diligence, then there are things that can pop up in your life that will end up choking out the fruit that God is producing in your life. And so God wants us to to, uh, uh, continue to stay plugged into him so we produce fruit, but he also needs us to pay attention to the things that are trying to grow up in our lives so that we don't get caught up uh, in, a, in, in maybe attitudes or mindsets or thoughts that, that end up choking out the fruit that God is, is bearing in our life. Right? So we want to be, we wanna be uh, 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 careful. Let's turn over real quick um, to, um, well, let's, yeah, let's turn over to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. Hallelujah. 
I love the word of God. I don't know, it just gets sweeter and sweeter. It gets more and more precious, amen. Hallelujah. Um, Over in uh, verse 20, it says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes, but keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them, and they are health to all their flesh. Keep with your heart uh, with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth, and put uh, put perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead, and and your eyelids look right before you. Before the path, uh, ponder the path of your feet, and let uh, all your ways be established. Do not run to the right or to the left. Remove your foot from evil. Um, I want to I just uh, hit right here in verse 23. It says, keep your heart with all diligence, uh, um, for out of it uh, springs the issues of life. I think it's the, the old King James says, guard your heart. Guard your heart with all diligence. And, and I want, I want, one of the uh, first points I'm going to make here tonight is in order to, in order to function in, in a culture of honor, in, a, in an atmosphere of honor, because how many of you know the church should be an atmosphere of honor? Oh, we should, man, we should honor the word of God. We should honor when this word is, is broke, broken open and, and, and a verse that we've heard a thousand times before uh, comes out of the lips uh, uh, of somebody who, who's preaching or maybe the uh, verse that we've heard a thousand times before comes out of the lips of a friend that, that, that is speaking truth to us. We ought to honor the word of God the same way that if, if you would, if Jesus was standing there delivering that word to, to you, that's, that's the, the God put this word to us, gave this word to us because it is a written version of what Jesus would say to you if he was standing right here. If the father uh, uh, was, was, was show, showed up in your bedroom and spoke, he would speak this to you. And then we've got the Holy Spirit that if we honor the word in the correct way, if we reverence and honor the word and have a desire and a fear for the, for the things of God uh, uh, in the right way, then we have the Holy Spirit that will actually come in and, and speak and, and reveal and to show you the things that are in this word and make them come alive to you in a fresh way. And so I'm so grateful that if we will just choose to honor the things that God has already done. Come on, if you're thankful and you honor the things that God's already done, then how many of you know that opens you wide open for the things he wants to do? Woo! Some of us need to get a, a replunge in our respect and honor for the word of God. Because the culture of this world is coming to deteriorate the, 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 the reality and the truth and the establishment of God's word. And I'm not here to preach against anything, but what I'm saying is if you're not careful, you'll let the truth of God's word become, become uh, uh, quiet in your heart or quiet in your ears. And if you do that in one area, how many of you know that affects another area? If you, don't, if, you don't begin, if you don't accept the word of God and begin to plant it in your heart and trust it and honor it and, and, and magnify it in your life and speak it, amen, like a good minister I know has been preaching on. Speak the word of God and cause it to be, to be something that's in front of you. If you don't do that, then the, th- the tide of this world will begin to erode. Because how many of you know Jesus said there was a wise man who built his house upon the rock, amen, the rock being the word of God. And when the storms of life came, go 
glory to God. And they blew. He, he, his house stood, and he was safe in the house. And then there was one that what didn't build his house on the word. And, and when the, he built it on the sand, the sands of what? The sands of this time, the sands of, of this culture, the sands of the way man thinks, the, sa- the sands of what's popular, or the sands of what, what, what's culturally accepted. Glory to God. I'm not interested in just going with what's culturally accepted because that's going to be sands that are going to blow and they're going to erode and going to fall away and the house of my life will not stand in the time of testing but in the time of testing if I've honored and respected the word of God and I put a trust and I rely in this and I believe it and I call it what it is the word of my father glory to God if I will do that then when the times of testing come against me I will stand my life will stand Glory to God. Honoring God and honoring God's word is not, is not a restrictive thing. So don't, when I'm speaking and I don't hear it through a restrictive thought process. Don't think of it as something that I have to do out of religion or out of some kind of religious mindset. No, I'm trying to bring you to a well of life. Honor causes you to, to be able to see things as they are. And we, 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 we are in a culture that, that is eroding honor on every, on every face. Hallelujah. In the latter part, you don't have to turn there, uh, of 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 30. This is God saying, saying, for those who honor me, I will honor. And those who, who lightly esteem me will be lightly esteemed. I don't know about you, but I want God to honor me. Come on, that's an awesome deal. He says, those who honor me, I will honor. If you choose to honor my word, how many, how many know if it, that applies to the word? If you choose to honor my word, then, then what, what is true in the word will begin to, to cause honor to come to your life. It will begin to co- cause honor to come to your situation, honor to come to, to your, to, to your uh, 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 reputation and, and to, you, to, to your finances. Honor brings forth blessing. Amen. And so, uh, thank God for it. Amen. And so, the first thing in order to participate in a culture of honor is to guard your heart. Guard your heart. Come on, we have to be diligent to guard our heart in this hour. Because there is pollution that's trying to come in at every, time, at every turn. That's trying to erode the things that God, that God has put in there. That's trying to erode your destiny. That's trying to erode the, 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 the black and white of what God has, has established in this world. Amen. There's things that are coming against us, and we have to guard our heart. But in order, if, you want to, if you're taking notes, you can put point A. If you're, if you're going to guard something, if you need to guard something, what, don't you need to know what the enemy that you're, you're guarding against is going to do? I mean, if someone said, hey, guard these speakers, and you're sitting here, and, and you don't know if you're to guard against, like, little kids playing against them, or, or guarding, guard them against, uh, pastor heard that there were, there were some robberies going around, and they, and they were targeting our church. Now, how many of you know, depending on what you're guarding against, depends on what you need to do to prepare, if you're guarding against little toddlers getting on stage, all you have to do is prepare with a stern look and a, ah, and usually that does the trick. But if you're guarding against uh, uh, armed robbers who are coming in to plunge, uh, pillage the church, then you bet. Then that uh, 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 you know it probably isn't going to be as effective. So you have to know where, what you're guarding against in order to um, to to effectively guard something. 
Come on, let's be wise. I think many times we, we, we fall into things simply because we're not using the wisdom that God has given us in his word and by his spirit. And we just a lot of times are kind of going through life un, un, uh, unaware, and so the enemy catches us unaware. But if we know what we're guarding against, then how many you know that, that keeps us safe? Amen. Because if God says guard your heart, then you're able to guard your heart. This isn't something he's asking us to do that's not, that's not, uh, gr- that we're not graced to do. Anything he says to do, we're graced to do it, and, we, and not just barely do it. We're graced to overcome in it. We're graced to have victory in it. We're graced to just be powerful in it. Amen. We can be powerful guards of our hearts. Glory to God. And then from that moment, from that, that moment we're guarding, then we're able to drink and, and, and enjoy the issues of life that flow from it. So um, guard your heart. Uh, what did I say? Point A, recognize the enemy's plan. Um, let's turn over to Ephesians chapter 2 real quick. Verse 1, it says, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, hallelujah, in which you once walked according to the course of this world. There's a course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air. There's a prince of the power of the air. And according to the, uh, and the spirit who now works in the sons of dis- disobedience. There's a, there is a spirit at work in the sons of disobedience. There's a spirit at work in this world that is intentionally doing things to erode the kingdom of God. And I think sometimes we just kind of look at the, what the world's doing. People are crazy and things are going. And we just kind of look at it from, from the natural standpoint. But how many you know the, the word says, uh, I believe in 2 Corinthians chapter 10-ish, it says that our, the weapons of our warfare are not natural. They're not carnal. But they're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. So that means that we're not to look at things just from the natural perspective. We're not supposed to just perceive things from what's going on in the natural but we're supposed to be open to hear what the word what the spirit spirit would say in line with the word of God about what is actually going on and how many you know when you have wisdom that's an insight that's what's actually going on you're able to guard in a better way come on if if you got insight I'm supposed to guard these speakers and you had insight and you, because you had a camera system and you monitored that, that the enemy was actually going to try to come through this door. How many, how many know that's actually helpful instead of, instead of just thinking they're going to come through the double doors? You know where he's actually coming from. Now, he, maybe they're setting off fireworks out in the lobby. But because you have insight that, that sees beyond what you can see just with your natural eye in the building, because you have insight that sees at a deeper, a deeper level, you know that's a distraction. What's actually going on is they're trying to get in in this door, and I'm prepared and ready, and I will meet the attack with force. Amen. We've got insight that way, but if we don't take uh, advantage of the insight, then we can, we can get uh, lured to sleep thinking that the enemy's doing one thing when really he's trying to come in in another way. But we don't, we don't, we don't want to be caught un- unaware. Amen. Turn over to 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1. <clears throat> this is the word of God. It says, but know this. That in the last days, perilous times will come, or hard times, or, or difficult times, or whatever, harsh times. Uh, for men will be lovers of themselves, 
lovers of money. This is the course that's being taken. This is the course. If you want to know the, the plan of the enemy, the, the Father has already revealed the plan of the enemy. He's already revealed it right here. There's no, there's no secret thing. God knows the, the beginning and the end all at the same time. He, and he reveals truth to us so that we can be aware in the day that what's going on and we're ready for it. Amen. And we don't fall into it. Glory. Hallelujah. Go get to give him a shout. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, you're awesome. Thank you for letting us know ahead of time. It says, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers. Listen up, kids. Disobedient to parents. Mm. Amen, amen. Uh, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers without self-control. Slanderers. Don't we see that in our day? Just slander about anybody and everybody. That's not honor. That, that's the exact opposite of honor is slandering. You see it. It's happening. People without self-control. They, they don't even, they can't, they can't control themselves. And so they try to make, make what, what, what they can't control right and holy in the eyes of man. But how many of you know the word doesn't change just because someone can't control themselves? They're brutal. They're despisers of good. Man, things are, things are getting twisted where good is being called evil and evil is being called good. And, and it's happening right before our eyes. We've got to be aware of what the plan of the enemy is. And do you think that he's just trying to do that out there and just leave us nice and safe in here? No, his plan, the reason he's here is to come against God's, God's body, against the body of Christ. The reason he's in the world destroying mindsets and, and taking advantage of people who are blind and don't know better. It's not, it's not even entirely their fault because they're deceived. But, but, but the church cannot be deceived in this hour. How will they be set free if the church isn't free of, of the blinders that the enemy's trying to bring in this hour? The church has to see things right so we can deliver those that are blinded, those that are captive. That's part of our call. That's part of our mission. Glory to God. And we have to be able to see what's a, what a, a, a prison they're in in order to set them free from it. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 We have to be able to call a prison a prison. Sin, sin. Not because we're, we're, we're heartless. No, but because we love. My God, if we don't call what it is, sin is sin, then, then, then they won't know they're trapped in sin. Not accusing. No, sin is, their sin has been taken care of in Christ. That's the good news. But we can't say it's not sin because they won't know there's any sin to be delivered from. We've got to love enough to call what, what, what is wrong, wrong, and, and what is right, right. We've got to love enough to, to be ridiculed. We have to love uh, enough to be uncomfortable. We have to love enough to lay down our lives for those that are hurting and those that are, that are in, 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 caught in sin. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you. Let's just thank him for a moment. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I, I'm, I'm just seeking the Lord because uh, 
trying to decide whether I want to share something that I, that I haven't shared publicly before. I've shared with Pastor, Pastor Greg, and, and, and I just have a sense to go ahead and share it tonight. Um, you know, uh, Pastor had to deal with something uh, a year or so ago. A person who had come in uh, into the church and was not wanting to um, repent or change their lifestyle. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And and he got up on a Sunday and and said, dealt with it because because he loved the people in the church enough to to not let that kind of thing run wild. Right. And how many know being a shepherd isn't always fun? Being a shepherd isn't always easy. It's not always fun. It's not always easy and it's not always popular. And and to be. Quite honest, I was seeking the Lord, and Pastor knows this, so I'm not revealing anything that he that he doesn't know. But I was just seeking the Lord. Lord, did we did we give him enough time? Did we did we were we loving enough? Because we need we need to love, and 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 I'm and I'm big on that. And and, and I was just seeking the Lord. Did did we do everything we needed to do? And 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 I was just kind of searching. You ever been searching for uh, and talking to God about something? Well, then I I got out to. Um, uh, Pastor Greg and I went out to Randy Greer's meetings in Tulsa, and and I was just kind of in the in the shower asking the Lord, you know, did we do everything? You know, just still seeking Him about it, trying to stay open, and and He said, you know what your problem is? Don't you love it when the Lord, your Lord, did did we love enough, Lord? And and He said, you know what your problem is? I said, I think I'm about to find out. And he said, you, you still have too much fear of man in you. He said, you're not worried about that person and the love for them. You're worried about what people are going to think about how you loved that person. That just hit me right between the eyes. Here I am thinking, I'm, oh, I'm the compassionate. Did we love enough? And so I repented, you know. I said, God, jeez, oh, I'm an egghead apparently. Um, and so I went on, you know, I, I repented, said, Father, forgive me, you know, rid me of that, of that fear of man. You know, fear of men, when, like Pastor said this morning, kept people who believed on Jesus from actually having an encounter with him because they feared man more than they feared God. I never want to be in the place where I fear opinions or fear what my fellow church people think, or fear what man might think more than what I fear what God thinks. Because when I stand before him, I'm not holding your hand. You're not going to be there with me. You know, I think about Saul uh, back in 1 Samuel in, in chapter, chapters 13 through 15, and, and God had, had chosen him out to be the first king of Israel, and, and, and he was anointed king, and he was, he was uh, uh, larger than all other men, and, and just the grace of God was on him. The glory of God was on him to do what God had called him to do. And yet, the Lord gave him some instructions to go into, I don't remember the camp, but to, to destroy all the livestock, all the, all the livestock, all the plunder. Don't take any plunder back, but just destroy it all. Just get, get rid of it all. And he, and, and, and to kill the king, to get rid of him. But Saul feared the people more than what he feared the instructions of the Lord. But here's the interesting thing. He allowed, he killed everything that, that he despised. 
but kept back the fat, what he deemed fat, and brought it back and tried to sacrifice it to the Lord. Then, um, then the prophet heard from God and, and had to come and say, listen, why did you disobey God? He came out and said, rejoice, I've obeyed the Lord. But he didn't obey the Lord. He only obeyed part of what the Lord had said. And it says in there that, that the, the father regretted making him king because he wouldn't obey fully what the Lord had asked him to do. He obeyed in part and despised what he thought would be worthy of despising and then honored what he thought was worthy of honor and, and missed out on what God was despising and what God was honoring. And it cost him the call of God on his life. It cost him the kingship. It cost him the, the, that, very, that very same time period is when, when, when the prophet had to say, God regrets making you king and had to go and anoint David. I'm not going to be one who, who gets passed by because I chose to honor people. And it says in there, you go back and read it, you can say, it, it says he's tried to tell the prophet, well, the people wanted to keep the fat. I don't know about you, but that's not, that didn't fly. God didn't say, oh, oh, the people want, okay. All right, well, then let's just, my bad. I, see, I thought, I wasn't aware that the people want it. But here's the thing. Sometimes we think we love people more than God does. And that, that is, I said, sometimes we think we love people more than God does. But it was God that created man, God who gave his son to redeem man, and God who set up things the way they are. And I guarantee you this, there's no one who loves the person you're trying to reach out to more than God. You can be and do what, what God is asking you to do, and it will, call, it will call them into a place whether you think it will or not. Trust God enough, honor his word enough to stand up for what, what needs to be stood up for. Do it in love. I'm not talking about being jerks or trying to, trying to be somebody you're, uh, uh, who's, I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about we have to see right. We have to guard our heart from the currents of this world. Hallelujah. Praise God. And so uh, here we are. Chapter 3 says in these perilous, know this in perilous times. So, uh, yeah, I was, that's what I'm back. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So I, so I repented back to my story. I, I, I repented and said, God, forgive me for having fear of man in my life in a way that I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I'm loving, but really what I'm doing is fear in man. That, that, how many know that's perversion? And we need to see that kind of stuff. I'm not proud of it. Um, but, but I was grateful that the Lord, was, I was still seeking enough that the Lord was able to highlight that in my life. Well, let me tell you an interesting thing that happened. We get back on Friday or Saturday, I don't remember, had a great service on Sunday, and, and I was just uh, Monday morning, you know, uh, just enjoying the presence of God. Um, Tuesday morning, I open my eyes, and I'm laying on my side, I'm opening my eyes, and there's a demon standing at my head. He's probably about six feet tall. And I just knew in my heart, and I know this isn't going to be popular, but it was a homosexual demon. And I said, Lord, wh what's going on? I didn't talk to the demon. I talked to the Lord because I want to know what's going on. How did this guy get in here? What's happening? You know, and I said, Lord, what, what's this homosexual demon doing in my bedroom? I've not been having any thoughts that direction. I've not been struggling. You know, I'm just being real. 
Like, what is he doing here? Because I, you know, I've, I, I'm enjoying my wife. I'm not interested in men, you know. Um, you know? Hey, I'm real with God. I want to know what he's doing there and, and how, how did the door get open, right? And, and, and so, you know, I, I said, what's he doing here? And he, he said, this kind, of, this kind of homosexual spirit isn't here to lead people into homosexuality as a lifestyle. He's here to influence people to, be, to think wrongly and especially leaders because it will cause them to be soft on the sin. And people will then be, be kept in their sin and locked in a place that I've redeemed them from. And he said, rebuke him and he will go. So I did. I rebuked him. He left. And then I began to weep. And I said, Lord, Lord, forgive me. Because I knew in my heart, he said, fear of man is what allowed him to come in and begin to influence. And like I said, I, you know, I hadn't really done anything, responded to, to that influence. But I had, I had allowed him in because of that doorway of fear of man. I know this is this is thick in here tonight, but this is, I'm just sharing what's on my heart. Pastor's already said I could share this, so this isn't something that I'm just willy-nilly doing. Um, I ran it by him to make sure, you know, how I many know that's wise when you have experiences to, to run things by by people you trust. And and so I I, I repented and and um and the, the coolest thing happened that that was Tuesday. Then Wednesday, Wednesday night, uh, I was just praying before service, before youth youth service, and in the in my prayer time, you know, I I sensed that there was going. I won't get into to that, but I, I sensed that there was going to be somebody there at, on service on Wednesday night that was struggling with thought process that was going to lead them into homosexuality. I'm like, oh, great. I get rid of the fear of man, and the very next service, he's going to have me, like, call out, you know, there's somebody here who's, I'm like, thanks, God. This is, this is good. Thank you. I don't fear man. Hallelujah. And, but, but you know, when, when he showed me that, there was so much love and compassion that went along with it. And right during worship, we were worshiping. In fact, we were singing, you're a good father. It's who you are, and I'm loved by you. And just out of my heart, sprung up uh, uh, just just uh, a compassionate plea for this person. Look, the enemy's telling you this. He's lying to you. He's trying to draw you away into a lifestyle. And, and if that's you, if you've, been, if you've been struggling with that, God wants you to know that is not who you are, that you are loved by him, and you don't need to seek after that kind of love to find fulfillment. And there was an exhortation and an encouragement that the identity of who that person was did not, did not belong there. It belonged in, with the Father. And... And I just, I just said it, you know, I said, if, if you're struggling with, with homosexuality and these thoughts, that is not who you are. And that is not what God has called you to. And I just was able to call it what it was. It was a lie from the enemy with love and compassion. And that person responded and got set free that night. Amen. It got born again. And, 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 and so thank God. And the Holy Spirit, I got home that night and got quiet in my bed. And, and the Holy Spirit said, if you had not dealt with the fear of man in your life then you would have not seen what was trying to influence you. And then somebody was going to go unministered to, unchanged, un, unredeemed 
because you were trying to be soft on the sin. And see, that's the thing is we have fault. We think faults uh, in a false way that that is that's in line with what the enemy's doing. And we think if we are soft on the sin, that that's somehow compassion. But it's not the compassion of God. It's not. The compassion of God loves them. The compassion of God calls them into their destiny. The compassion of God calls them into the future that he's created for them. The compassion of God delivers them out of that. But the the compassion of God also says that is not right and it's not who you are. It never has been and it never will be. It doesn't matter how much you want it to be or how much your flesh says it is or how much your mind has bought into the lie. It doesn't matter if it, it, how much that is, has been happening. This is not who you are. The compassion of God reaches into, the, into their life and pulls them out. And thank God that, that, that we, we need to learn how to do that effectively. We need to learn how to do that effectively. But you don't do it by beginning to be soft and go... At, go, go um, you understand what I'm saying? Be love and soft on the person, but not on the sin. Don't buy into that. Well, you know, maybe it's just not that big of a deal after all. I, I know no, no one would ever admit that they've thought that, but I can guarantee you thoughts like that have come. I have loved ones who, who, have, who have dealt with that lifestyle. I know, I know how it is. And you love the person, but you can't go soft on, on, the, on who they are. I mean, it, uh, on, you go soft on who they are. You don't go soft on what they're getting involved with. It's the fear of man that is pushing on us in this hour to, to try to pervert the way we see things so that we are ineffective in helping reach and pull people out of what they're in bondage to. We have to see it right. Hallelujah. Praise God. Um, point B under this. So we've got to renew our mind to the reality of what the word says. You know, it's very easy if you're constantly getting bombarded with the agenda of this world and the agenda of, uh, of social media and news media and everything else that, that is constantly saying one thing. You have, you have to be intentional. You have to be intentional to see the right way, to see what the word of God says, and to ask God to give you his heart on the situation. Hallelujah. God is not God is not uncompassionate. Man, he sent his son. Can I just say that God sent his son to deliver every single person from any sin, any bondage. There's nothing too big. There's nothing too great. There's nothing too grievous. And we're not saying this this sin is more grievous than that sin or anything of that nature. But what we're saying is that that if we don't renew our mind that God is trying to deliver people out of their bondage, then we will love them, uh, uh, love them in their bondage and leave them in their bondage. And it wasn't actually love at all. It was just fear of man trying to come out as compassion and it's a perverted love that isn't the love of God the love of God loves them enough to tell them that they're they are not made for that that they're not made to be a drunk they're not made to be to be an addict they're not made to be uh, 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 in bondage or in prostitution or, or or homosexuality or or even just caught up in a lifestyle of inconsistency or or or, or running around on their wife or running around on their husband or or or, or gossiping at the church or whatever the thing that is trying to lock people and keep them in bondage. We have to be real that people are in bondage and love them enough to to call them into their destiny, to call them out of sin, to call them into the plan of God, to call them into the purpose that God has created them for. Amen. 
So we have to renew our mind. Uh, you know this verse very well. Chapter 12, verse 2, it says, do not be conformed to this world. Obviously, God knew that there would be the world trying to conform us into a place that, that we ought not be. Do not be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and perfect and acceptable will of God. Amen. We're to renew our mind. Uh, number C, or number C, uh, point C. Be intentional about the direction you're going and the way you're responding. Uh, go back to Proverbs chapter 4. Hallelujah. In verses uh, 25 to 27, it says, Let your eyes look straight ahead. Keep your eyelids. Look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet. And let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or the left. Remove your foot from evil. If we're not intentional about where we're going and what we're doing, we will fall prey to these kinds of things. We'll fall, we'll fall prey to, to, to responding to the things that, that, that's why pastor's preaching on this, on this kind of thing. Uh, about speaking and believing and, and saying what you believe. Because, because if you're not intentional, you'll just go through life not saying anything. Not speaking what you believe. Not, not going after anything. And what you do is you end up living below what God has called you, called you to. And so we're to, we're to honor to, uh, what God has called us into. We're to honor what he's called us to do. He's, uh, we're to honor what he's done for us. We're to honor the things that he's created us to be and if because honor has a response you can't just honor something I honor you I honor you know it's it's like say hey pastor you know I just honor you I honor your ministry I honor everything you do but when it comes time to, for pastor appreciation I give him a bologna sandwich and and a, and a and a pepsi and say man I honor you how many you know he probably won't feel super honored even though my words say I honor you, my response really isn't one of honor. Right? So our response, honor has a response. We have to respond to, to what God has done by actually doing it, living it out, responding to it. That shows that we honor what God's done. Not, God, I honor what you've done for me. All right, whatever. Life, life will go on. No, doing what he's asked us to do. Amen. Um, point number two, this is actually a number. So that was point one, A, B, and C. How long have I been going? I didn't even start this thing. Lord, help me. Um, I'm trying to decide whether I wanted to get into a next point. It's at eight o'clock. Hallelujah. Let's just thank God for a moment. <laughs> Father, we love you. We thank you. We thank you for the the clarity of God. We thank you for the word of God. Father, we just commit. Hallelujah. We just commit right now to honor your word over what this, this world is saying. Father, renew in us an honor for the word of God. 
Renew in us, Father. I, I sense that there's young people who, who have never experienced a true honor for the word of God. Father, right now, I just ask that you would baptize them, so to speak, in an honor for the word of God in a way that they've never experienced. And they would begin to, to trust and rely and honor the word of God in a way that they've never knew was possible. And it would cause them to have minds that are renewed and powerful and effective in this hour and this day. And Father, I sense that there's some folks who had an honor for the word and had a desire for the word in times past. And I sense that right now there is available to them a re-baptizing in a desire and a respect and honor for your word. Burning them a fresh desire right now. If that's you, just lift, just lift your hand and everyone's eyes are closed. We're not, we're not looking around this about anybody else but you and God. In the name of Jesus, we just release a fresh fire for the word of God, a fresh desire for the word of God, a fresh honor for the word of God. And as we honor the word and as we put it into practice and as we put it in the place that it belongs in our life, God, I, I declare right now that there will be things that are just weeded out on their own. As we honor the word, as we walk after the word by your spirit, that there'll be things weeded out of our lives that we won't even have to try to weed out. They'll weed themselves out because of the power of the word that's sharper than every two-edged sword. And so, Father, we release from, from, from heaven right now a, a fresh fire and a fresh desire for the word of God, a fresh honor and respect for what the word of God says, not just as, as something to read, but something to live. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.